Hey guys, Pastor Adam here. I'm so glad that you are tuning in to one of our powerful messages we believe will elevate your faith and take your life to the next level. At Elevate, we believe that the Word of God is our blueprint and we build our lives on the truths found in God's Word. We know that this message will help you grow in your walk with God and develop your faith so that you can become all that God has for you. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as we listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. All right, all right, come on. Good to see everybody here. What a wonderful day it is to be in the house of the Lord. Come on, let's give our worship team a big round of applause. What a great job they do every single Sunday. So grateful for those guys. So grateful. We got some, we got some VIPs in the house today. Some very, very, very special people. Uh, fresh back from, from being uh, away from us, serving our country for a pretty long length of time. We got, I know Hannah's having a good Sunday today. It's a good Sunday. Because back with us is Noah, everyone. Noah's back. Give Noah a big round of applause. So glad. God, we miss, we miss this guy. So good to see you, man. I, I wasn't expecting you this morning. I, I saw you come down here to, to, to sing and carry in Levi, who looks just like you, by the way. And uh, just so good to see you, Noah. So glad you're here. Also with us is my mom's brother and, and, and my aunt Barb, George and Barb, right here, sitting there right here in the second row. All the way from the beautiful state of Ohio, and uh, they're here visiting, and, and uh, it's been a while since we've had them here, so it's good to have them in the house with us this morning. And give yourselves a big round of applause. You made it to church today. You're the, you're the smartest people in Orange County today. Amen. Okay, a couple quick announcements. Got to, got, to, got to run some things by you guys. We've got some business to take care of. Um, th those of you guys who have been around Elevate Ministries for any length of time, you kind of recognize how we do baptism services around here. And usually, we, we, we host them usually every couple months, every, every two and a half to three months, because uh, that's about the time we need another baptism. And, and so we had one as per normal right around Freedom Sunday, right around the 4th of July. And uh, it was actually on June 25th. And that day we baptized seven people. How cool was that? It was just wonderful uh, seeing some people that make it, making decisions for Christ and confirming that and water baptism is so, so cool. And, and uh, so we didn't have another one scheduled until the end of September. And, but what happened was, is shortly after we had that baptism, like within a couple weeks, all of a sudden we had a list going of people that wanted to get baptized. So we decided, let's have a pop-up baptism. And so on, on August 6th, was just a few weeks after that, August 6th, we had another baptism. And you'll remember that one just a couple weeks ago. We had, we had, we had uh, 15 people get baptized that Sunday. Amazing, right? And so we've been telling everyone that we're going to have our next baptism is going to be the third week in October. So I think it was actually October 26th is what we had it scheduled for. And uh, already we looked at our list and we realized, no way, there's a bunch of people that want to get baptized again. And so we're doing another pop-up baptism next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to have a baptism service. We got a whole, we got a whole heap of people want to get baptized. And I just, I think that's so indicative of what's happening around the house. 
that God's definitely doing something in the house, around the house. People are getting saved and making decisions for Christ, choosing to follow him. You could feel it in the worship this morning. There's just a, there's an intensity that's going along with what's happening here. I think that the spirit of, the God, of God is here. We need to welcome that and we need to make room for that. And uh, so we're excited. Next Sunday, we're gonna have a baptism. If you're sitting here today and you say, I've never been baptized, what are you waiting for? Come on, what are you waiting for? It's, a good, it's the greatest celebration. It's the first area of obedience God asks us. Once we've given our lives to Christ, the first thing we do in obedience to God is to become water baptized. And so we would love to celebrate you, celebrate with you in that. And so just right there at that welcome kiosk on your way out, uh, there'll be someone there and just tell them, I want to get baptized. They'll sign you up and tell you everything you need to know right then and there on your way out this morning. We would love to be a part of that with you. The other announcement is eConnect. And you've heard me kind of bring that up over the last little while talking about eConnect. eConnect is an online course to help you get connected to, to God, to each other, and to ministry here at Elevate Ministries. eConnect, you can do it anytime, anywhere. Uh, for, it, it doesn't take a long time. It, you can use your phone. It's, just, it's a series of videos and just some, just some helping for you to understand what, what happens around Elevate, how we got started, what this place is all about, and, and maybe how you can be a part of that. And so many of you have gone through it that way, and we will applaud you with that because it's super easy and fun. It, matter of fact, if you're sitting here today and you say, I'd like to do that, um, just, just text the word CONNECT to 714-970-4716, okay? And uh, if you do that, you'll get a link, and you just follow that link, watch those, those videos, and uh, it'll kind of take you through that process. Some of you say, you know what, I'll never do that on my own. I'm, I don't, I'm not good with computers, I'm not, I don't like following links, I don't like watching videos, I don't wanna do that. And so what we've done is we've called, we've, we've, we've made something called eConnect Live, where we do all of that in a live setting after church on a Sunday, and so we've, we've planned one for October the 1st. And so if you've never gone through eConnect and you've decided I'm not gonna do it on my own, I'm not listening to you, I'm never getting that link, I'm never pushing play, that's fine. We're gonna meet you halfway, we're gonna give you lunch, and we're gonna go through it with you live on October the 1st, okay? That's gonna happen right after the service. If that's something you're interested in, on your way out today, eConnect, right there at the welcome booth, let them know you'd like to join eConnect Live and they'll get you all signed up and ready to go with that. Sound good? Sound good? All right, let's get into the word today. I, I have a word from God I believe for you. My assignment every Sunday, but especially today, my assignment is to flip on your faith switch. How many know that we've all been given a measure of faith? God's given us all a measure of faith. My assignment today is to flip that on because our world has fear covered. How many would say amen to that? Our world has fear covered. It's dealing fear 24 seven. Uh, it's, it's doling out fear like it's an addictive drug. But we're not, we're not called to conform to the pattern of this world. We're not meant to live and think like everyone else thinks. Can I hear somebody this morning? But we've actually been called to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We read that in Romans chapter 12, verse two. We're called to be people of faith. Can I hear some faith-filled people say amen? And so my job every Sunday, but especially today, is to bring a word to you that will move you away from fear toward, toward faith. And that's why I always tell you, you're the smartest people in Orange County today because you showed up at church. And when you come to church, you get your mind renewed. 
You get your mind transformed. And all of a sudden, out with the fear, in with the faith. Out with the hopelessness, in with the hope. And so today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to put a word of faith on the inside of us. How many are ready for that? Let's pray. God, I pray for this word of faith to lodge deep into our hearts. Lord, to challenge the way that we think, to challenge the way that we live, and cause us to move forward in, in, the, in what you've called us to. We thank you for that. We believe for that. And we, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 3. I want you, if you have your Bibles, open them up. If you have a paper Bible, open it up. If you have an electronic Bible, go ahead and open that up. I'm going to be reading this story out of the New Living Translation. That's kind of different for me, but, but I felt like it was the best way to do that this morning. The New Living Translation, Acts chapter number 3. If you got a pen and paper, we're going to write down three phrases from this text, and we're going to go with it today, all right? Acts chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. The Bible says that Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. Let me stop there and say, you know, our Saturday morning prayer services have been amazing. Like we gather here at eight o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Yesterday was, was so special. It was just so tremendous. If you're ever wondering, should I go to prayer on Saturday morning at 8 a.m.? The answer is yes, you should. Okay, let's continue on. Verse two, as they approached the temple, a lame a man that was lame from birth was being carried in. Now, we have all heard this story before. And what happens is, is when we know a story and we've heard it before, it's easy to skip right over it because we know how it ends. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody, you know what I'm talking about? So what I want to do is I want to think about this story. I don't want to skip right over it. I don't want to gloss right over it. I want to think about it because this guy is, is lame from birth. All right, he's, he's never walked in his life. He's never stood up. He's never played sports. He doesn't know what it's like to run to first base, all right? He doesn't know what it's like to kick a soccer ball. He doesn't know what it's like just to stand up. The things that we take for granted. He doesn't know what it's like to walk or to run. And, he's, and here's the truth. He's never experienced life the way God intended for his body to experience it. And so this lame, from, this lame man from birth as our text tells us, is being carried in like he is every day. He's being carried into to the, to the gate called beautiful. And, and the Bible says that each day he was placed inside the temple gate, the one called beautiful, so that he could beg from the people who were going to the temple. Verse three, and when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And Peter looked at him intently and said, look at us. I want you to underline that, write it down, highlight it, whatever you got to do. That, that phrase right there, we're going to talk about that today. Look at us. Verse five. So the man looked at them eagerly expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver. I don't have any gold for you. Now I, I began to think about this and I, I, I realized that, that I'm, I'm pretty sure that Peter and John probably had some money. All right, but they're answering this man the same way you answer your kids in the grocery store, right? It's, it's the same way. They have money. You have money. You just don't have money for that. All right, that's, that's basically, I, Peter's basically saying, I do have money. I, I, I do have money, but I don't have money for that because Peter understood something that we need to understand today. What this man needed was not a handout, what he needed was not a little bit of money. What he need, he didn't need charity. What this man needed was life change, all right? And so he says to him, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but let me give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. 
Underline that word, right? Underline that phrase right there. We're going to talk about that. Get up and walk. Highlight that. Underlight that. Write that down. Get up and walk. Verse 7. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Now again, we can't read over this out of familiarity because we've read it before, we heard it before, we, we, we studied it in Sunday school before. We, we, can't, we can't read about a radical miracle in the Bible like we're reading the newspaper. Which is what we often do, all right? We can't do that. This is a lame man. Remember that, from birth. He's never played sports. He's never used his legs. He's only watched people walk. He's only watched people run. He's never experienced that in his entire life. Matter of fact, this man is dependent on others for everything. The only thing he's looking for is, is some money to make it another day, all right? He's, he's never actually even been allowed in the temple. He's just been placed at the gate of the temple because of his handicap. He's not even allowed to go inside. He's never even seen the temple that these men and women walk to every single day. And it's this man in verse 8 that we read, he jumped up, he stood on his feet, and he began to walk. And it goes on to say that, that look what it says next. Then he's walking, he's leaping, and he's praising God, and now he went into the temple with them. What a tremendous miracle. I was hoping for more of a response than that, okay? He walked into the, and the Bible says in verse 9 that all the people saw him walking, and they heard him praising God, and then when they realized that that guy is the lame beggar we always see at the beautiful gate. Now they're totally astounded, as should we be. They're astounded, and they, they all rushed out in amazement to the Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter, Peter and John. And so Peter saw this as an opportunity, so he addressed the crowd, and he said, people of Israel, what is so surprising about this? Can you underline that, that, that phrase right there? What is so surprising? Write that down. What is so surprising? Highlight that. What is so surprising about this? Why do you stare at us as though we made this man walk by our own power? It is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, who's brought this glory to Jesus by doing this. It's the same Jesus who you handed over to Pilate despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this fact. I think we reread that this morning. We are witnesses of this, and through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. What a tremendous, aren't you grateful for that? What a, what a tremendous story. The title of today's message is this, Don't Be Lame. Don't be lame, all right? I, I think we can, when we look around, I think it, it's not hard for us to see that the entire world is stuck. I think, I think it's not hard to see that, that the world is stuck in their fear, is stuck in their hopelessness, stuck in their addiction, stuck in their sin. But we as believers, we're not, we're not called to be stuck. We're called to be people of faith. And the Bible actually says that when Jesus returns, in Luke 18, Jesus says, when I return, will I still find faith on the earth? 
So that tells me that when Jesus splits the sky, when he returns to this earth, he's going to be looking for something. He's going to be looking for something. And, and it doesn't say that he's going to be looking for love. Jesus isn't going to come back looking for love. He's not going to come back looking for kindness. It's not what he's going to be looking for. He's, he's, he's not going to come back looking for good works. It's not what he's, that's not what he's looking for. He says very clearly he's going to be looking for something very specific. He's going to be looking for people of faith. And he's asking the question, am I going to find faith in the people that call themselves Christians? In the people that, that bear my name? In the believers of, of, of my name? Those that call themselves Christ-like, Christ followers? Am I going to find faith inside of them? That the faith he's looking for is what we read about this morning in this text. Because this is exactly what we see in operation as, as, as Peter and John meet up with this man at the gate. And, and, and as Peter was talking, I had you underline some clues. Because I think what we see is three very specific clues that can help us. Because all of us, every one of us, including you, all of us have lame areas in our life. All right, we all have areas of dysfunction, those, those places where we're stuck, those places where we keep kind of falling into the same category, those areas in our lives where we're just like this lame man, he's just kind of hoping to get by. We all have areas in our lives where we're just trying to make it. We're just, try, we're just trying to get by. They're lame areas because that's not what God's called you to. It's not called you just to kind of get by. There's areas in our lives where we're just getting by when we should be walking, leaping, and praising God. Do you know what I'm talking about? Instead, we're just kind of taking a handout. That's not what I'm here to give you today. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not here just to give you a handout and hope you make it back next Sunday. That's not why you come to church. That's not what a word of faith is supposed to do, just to kind of get you back to kind of get you to make it living for God. So, so maybe today you, you can identify and you can look at your own life and you can see areas where you're stuck. Maybe you're stuck in a lame marriage. Maybe, maybe you're stuck in a, a lame relationship, a, a lame pattern. Maybe you're lame and you, you're stuck in a temptation you can't seem to rid yourself of. Allow me today to be Peter for you. Allow this message to, to be like Peter and John were for this lame man at the gate. Let me disrupt that dysfunction inside of you. Are you hearing me today? Don't make a decision this morning. I'm not going to be lame in this area in my life for any longer. Now, so we pick up this story, and basically what's happening is, in the context of it, is Jesus has just, just ascended into heaven. All right, he's just gone. He's, he's died. He's died. He was crucified. He was risen from the dead. And, and after he rose, he spent time with his disciples, about 40 days with his disciples, and he's been preparing them. He's been preparing them for his exit. He's preparing them. He's, he's going to hand over the keys to these guys. He's going he's to help them. And so Peter and John are alive with this. In other words, they feel empowered, like, like, like hey, it's our responsibility. And so they're walking with power. Their lives are, are, are full of the, the Holy Spirit. And, and the Bible describes that they're on their way to a prayer meeting. And, and here's the thing, what we don't understand and maybe we don't often think about is they've walked this way before. This is not something, this isn't new to them. They, they're walking the same way to the same place that they, they had been day after day. But all of a sudden, something rises up inside of them because they notice something they possibly never noticed before, this lame man. 
I mean, I'm sure this lame man, because he'd been there every day, he just kind of blended in. He just, he just kind of blends into the scenery. It almost can't even notice him anymore. But all of a sudden, Peter and John, as they're walking, all of a sudden their attention is caught and they realize the reason we pray is looking at us at this gate. The, the very reason that God gave us a prayer language is staring at us right now. It's looking us right in the face and they realize that the reason we pray and that the reason we were given faith and a prayer language is so that we don't have to be lame. That we don't have to live in dysfunction. That we don't have to remain stuck. The problem is this. Is this man that had been there all of these, these years, been right there at this location, is honestly not asking for prayer. He... he He's not even thinking about a miracle. This man's been lame for so long, he's given up on, on, on the, the idea of ever walking in his life. And basically, he's actually content and even grateful just to receive what he needs to live. Are you with me today? How do, how do you know that? Well, the reason I know is because when Peter said, look at me, the Bible says that he looked up eagerly, hoping to get something. So that tells me that what he actually was thinking that he needed was just a few dollars so he could eat. Just to make it a, a, another day. He was content for the, just, to, just to be sustained. But Jesus came not just to sustain us. He didn't come so we could just lay at the gate and just hope for another handout. Just kind of drag, drag through life. That's not why Jesus saved, saved us. That's not why he came. He came because he wants to change our life. He wants to change everything about our life. He doesn't want us to remain in that dysfunction. And I think the same thing happens to us in our lame areas. And hopefully you've identified those things. We get so used to life being that way that we just kind of settle in. And we just think, well, that's the way it's always gonna be. We, we actually don't even really believe that things can change. We actually stop believing that we can, we can. but listen, God wants to change your life forever. He, he wants to, you to exit out of those lame places in your life and move you into a place of wholeness. So, so what areas in your life are you stuck? I think we've got to come to grips with that. We've got to identify those places, those, those, those places where we're being held back. Those places where it seems like we just kind of hit, hit up against that ceiling. You can't seem to, can't seem to break free. Where, where in your life are you not experiencing the freedom that Christ came to bring. Maybe you can identify that today. I pray that you identify that lame area, that place where you're stuck. Maybe you're stuck there because of thought patterns. Maybe, maybe you're stuck in that spot because of mindsets. These, these, these ways of thinking that were, that were handed down to you. Maybe, maybe you're stuck because of a past failure. And you feel like, well, I, I, I'll never be able to, to succeed in that area. Maybe you're stuck because of bitterness. Or maybe you're stuck because of hurt. There's a variety of reasons for why we're laying there at the gate, not walking, leaping, and praising God, but that's not what God has for your life. Back in those days, your disability, as I mentioned earlier, your disability actually kept you from going inside. And I think in the same way, it's those lame areas in our lives that keep us on the outside looking in. Are you with me today? So many people today are stuck on the outside looking in. And it's, these limitations have kept you down, have kept you limited, and have kept you stuck. 
And I had you underline and highlight three specific statements. And I believe that these statements spoke directly to this man's dysfunction. And, and the reason Peter did that was to disrupt the way this guy lived. It was to challenge what, the way this man thought. And, and I believe these statements will do the same in your life if you allow God to speak to you today. Are you ready? First statement was this. Peter, Peter and John looked at him intently and said, look at us. Look at us. I, I, love, I love that. Look at us. And here's the thing. I believe this is more than a, hey, look at me. You know, we do that to our kids a lot when they're in trouble. Look at me. And the kid's like, and you're like, look at me, right? You want, why? You want that eye contact. I don't really believe that, that that's what this is, all right? It's not like Peter's yelling at this guy and he's in trouble. And, but basically, it was, look at me. And what Peter was wanting this man to see was, was not, not necessarily Peter. What Peter was hoping is that this man would see a reflection. Are you with me today? I want you to think about this. Peter said, look at us. And as the man looked up, what Peter wanted this man to see is, I am a picture. As you look at me, I am a picture of what God can and will do in your life. Yeah. Do, you, do you see that today? Look at me. I am what God wants to do in you. Look at us. Here I am, Peter. I'm standing here in wholeness. I'm standing here in my authority. I'm full of the power of God. Look at me. This is what God can do in you. Did you hear that today? Look at me, this is what God can do for you. And you'll find that that's what God does for you. This is what God will always do for you. He'll give you a picture, all right? He'll give you a reflection in your life of people that you can look to, and they are a reflection of what God can and will do in your life. Do you hear that today? He gives us those pictures so that we can realize that if it happened in them, it can happen in me. It can happen in my life. Look at us, Peter says. Look at us. Look what God has done in us. He can do it for you. There's a tremendous story, I think, that illustrates this. It's an old story about a man who was an alcoholic and living on the streets in London. And there's an organization that would minister late at night to the, to the people on the streets. And it's an organization that you've heard of called Salvation Army. And there was a particular man who served in the Salvation Army uh, by the name of Jim. And Jim would go out on the streets in the same areas almost every single night. Sometimes he'd even take his family out with him. And they would go out on the streets and, and they would spend time with the people living on the streets. And one of this, Jim would spend a lot of time with this particular alcoholic man living on the streets. He would actually bring him food. Uh, he, would, he would pour into this man's life. He, sh he showed genuine concern for this addicted person. He would pray with them. He would invite him to church. And so, so this, this went on for months. But eventually, this man would agree that he would accompany Jim and his family, and they would attend church together. And so uh, this particular Sunday, this man shows up, and the preacher is preaching, and he gives this compelling message, and, and, and then he provides an invitation, much like we would do on a Sunday, inviting someone to have their life changed. And anyone that wanted their life to be changed, they would just come forward. And so this alcoholic man had been living on the streets, attending this service with Jim. He walks forward, and 
and he bows, bows down on his knees. And, and as in, the invitation continued, they're invited to pray. And so this alcoholic man is on his knees, he's lifting his hands, and he's saying, God, make me like Jim. God, make me like Jim. Make me like Jim. And, and finally, the preacher, you know, kind of came down and, 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 and kind of like was, was ministering this man and saying, and he, he said to him, listen, listen, don't you mean make me like Jesus? And so this alcoholic man looked up and said, well, is Jesus like Jim? And I, I felt like it was such a tremendous illustration of what Peter was asking this lame man to do. Because Peter said, look at us. And by this man who'd never walked before, by him allowing his gaze to see someone, that he could do what this man did. That, that this is a reflection of what God wants to do in my life. Look at us. You see, God will give you pictures that are, that are, that are meant to inspire you. Pictures of people where he's performed miracles and transformed lives, and God will allow you to see those pictures. And, and here's the problem with us is oftentimes we, we see the reflections that God places in our lives and we look at those reflections not as inspiration, but actually a torment. We actually allow the people that God's placed around us that could be a reflection of what he wants to do inside of us, they actually instead torment us. Because we begin to think like, man, uh, uh, look at this person and look at their marriage and, and look how successful they are and, and look how excellent and virtuous and godly and, 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 and look how much integrity and how they're prospering. And, and all of a sudden what fills your heart is not like God can do that for me, but I'm so jealous of them. Instead, your heart begins to fill with, with envy and, and maybe we'll even begin to talk about them in a negative way. But, but, but God's saying, look at them. Look at them, not, not, to, not to torment you, but God's saying they're a reflection of what I can do in your own life. If God did it in them, he can do it in you. Somebody shout amen. And so that's what we're gonna do here. At this church, we're going to constantly show you pictures. We're going to show you pictures and scriptures and testimonies of changed lives. And sometimes as you look at these things, it can be a little uncomfortable. And the reason it's uncomfortable is because you feel like, man, I'm so far from that. I'm so far from that. That's not what I look like. And I would say to you today, not yet. Not yet, maybe it, not what you look like right now, but someday you will. Hang around long enough, are you with me? Keep your eyes on what Jesus has done. Trust God, do what's right, walk with the Lord, and someday you will be a reflection of what you see today in someone else. And so Peter's telling this lame man, look at us. And what this lame man was wanting, he was wanting, he was wanting a transfer. But, but the transfer he was looking for was a financial one. All right, he was looking for a handout, but, but what Peter was doing by telling the man, look at us, what Peter was looking for was not a financial transaction, but a spiritual transaction. Peter was saying, look at us, we're a picture of what you can become. It's a picture, it's an illustration of 1 Corinthians 11, where the apostle Paul says this, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so what God's going to do in your life, and you need to grab a hold of this today, it's important. What God's going to do is he's going to put people in your world, and he's going to ask you to imitate them. 
And I know we get weird about this. We start to think, well, that, you know, isn't that idolatry? You know, isn't that worshiping man? I'm not into all that stuff. No, it's simply follow them, imitate them as they follow Christ. They're going to help you. As you imitate what they do, it's going to actually help you get to the places you've never experienced before in your walk with God. You're going to find, and you say, well, man, I never, I never had a role model. I never had a good example in my life. Well, hey, guess what? God placed you in the house of God. There's plenty of role models here. There's plenty of examples in this house of people that you can emulate. Did you hear me today? People that you can model, marriages that you can aspire to, work ethic that you can assume as your own, principles that you look and, and witness in the lives of other people that you can apply to your life. Look at us. It's a tremendous transfer that sometimes we miss that God will place people in your life that are a reflection of what you can become. You can become. The second statement I wanna highlight is this, is when Peter said, get up and walk. Get up and walk. Get up and walk. And, and I think this statement is powerful, and let me tell you why. Because I think this statement used by Peter emphasizes to us the power of our words. The power of our words. Because let's just stop and consider this. This statement made by Peter was crazy. It's an insane statement to make. Let's be honest. Are you thinking about this with me? Peter is telling a lame man, a guy who's never walked before, a man who's never stood under his own power. He, he's lame from birth. He's never walked. Imagine what this man's legs look like. He, he, he's never utilized the money. He's never done this. And Peter has the audacity to say to this man who is not looking for a miracle. He's not asking for a miracle. He's not asking to pray. He didn't think that morning, gosh, I wonder what it's like to walk. It never crossed his mind. He was completely satisfied. He was completely comfortable. He knew what he had to do that day. And what he had to do was get what he needed to make it to the, to the next day. But, but all of a sudden, he's, he's confronted with Peter who has the audacity to say to him, get up and walk. That is a crazy statement. Is anybody here today? I mean, this is a, this is a faith declaration. If you've ever heard a faith declaration, this is one. And what's crazy is, is this faith declaration was received. And I think that's just a, that's a big part of the same miracle. Because have you ever, ever, ever tried to do that to someone who's homeless and looking for money? Especially demonic, demonically oppressed homeless people. When you try to witness to them about the life-changing power of Christ, many times they reject that immediately. Because what do they want? They want your money. I'm not asking you to preach to me. I don't want to hear about your God. I want you to give me what I want. But what's interesting is that this man takes the faith declaration that was crazy and actually receives it. And the reason we know this is because Peter said, get up and walk and reached out his hand. And the Bible says that this man grabbed Peter's hand and was pulled to his feet. So that means he had some sort of faith or belief or he was at least able to receive that word of faith. And then what happened is he stood to his feet, he began to walk, he started leaping, jumping around, and praising God. 
And so what this, this declaration, this word of faith, what it tells us is that there is power in a faith declaration that is spoken and received. That's why it's so important to be in the house of the Lord. Peter's words could have easily fallen flat. How do you know that? Well, because there's plenty of sermons that have fallen flat. Plenty of times that I've spoken and messages that have gone out not received. Happens all the time. But this man, instead of getting angry, instead of telling Peter, I'm asking for money, I don't want a miracle, I'm not going to be embarrassed in front of all these people, just give me what I need. Instead, instead he received what was spoken over him. Listen, that tells us that there is power in the words that we speak over ourselves. There's power in the words we speak over our family, over our children, over our health, over the situations we find us in. The Bible tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Did you hear that today? Guess what that's saying to us? What that's saying is that the primary purpose of your words is not communication. That's not the primary purpose of your words. The primary purpose of your words are to create. Our words have creative power. And so I think, I think what we need to do this morning is do an inventory upon our words. Because some of the lame areas in our lives, we're not speaking a word of faith over. Instead, we're speaking a death word over. We're just, we're kind of saying the same things. So where in your lame areas of your life, what are you speaking over that? Are you speaking death or life? Maybe there's a rebellious child that you bear witness to on, on a regular occasion. Maybe there's a situation in your health that, 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 you, that, you're, that you're experiencing right now. Maybe you're going through a financial struggle. We all have those from time to time. Maybe your marriage is less than stellar. Maybe, maybe it's even things about yourself personally. The words that we speak in those areas can sabotage what God's trying to do. I think, I think God's always kind of rebuking me when I look in the mirror. Because a lot of times what I see and what I say about myself is so different than what God sees and what God says about me. Do you know what I'm talking about today? See, oftentimes I can feel the Lord kind of gently remind me, Adam, it is as you say. So a lot of times what I'm saying about a specific thing in my life or a situation or even what about myself personally, God has to remind me, Adam, it is what you say. It is as you say. And so the question is, what are you declaring over yourself? We see this, this principle in Jeremiah where God, God meets with Jeremiah, this young boy, and God begins to download a, just a tremendous, wonderful, incredible destiny into Jeremiah and, and begins to give him revelation. And it's a crazy revelation that God's going to use his life to, to speak to kings and to shift culture and, 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 and over nations, that God's going to use Jeremiah. And Jeremiah comes back to God in chapter 1, verse 6, and he says this, Alas, sovereign Lord. Yeah, that's it, Jeremiah 1, 6. Alas, sovereign Lord, I don't know how to speak. Jeremiah's like, there's no way that can happen for me, Lord. Why? I'm, I'm too young. And then what you'll see is in verse 7, God comes right back at him. And God says, Jeremiah, do not say. 
Do not say, I am too young. In other words, Jeremiah, there are some things that you're not allowed to say about yourself. Is anybody with me today? Come on, stay with me today. There are certain things you're not allowed to say about you. You're not allowed to speak that over you. And so maybe you could just take the gentle rebuke of the Lord as he's pointing his finger at you. Where God, where, what areas is God saying, do not say? What areas is God speaking to you and saying, do not say that about yourself. Do not say that about your child. Do not say that about your marriage, your ministry, your finances, your future. Do not say. Let the word of faith, like Peter declared, get up and walk. Those areas that you're stuck, get up and walk. Receive that word today. Don't resist that. Don't reject that. Instead, receive it because oftentimes it comes down to the power of your words. Of your words. What are you speaking over those lame areas? You see, a lot of times when we're stuck in an area, the words that often come out of our mouths sound like this. Well, we say things like, well, I guess some things will never change. That's just the way it is. How many have said that over areas in your life? Or maybe it sounds like this. Well, you know, that's always run in my family. My dad had the same issues. My, my, my grandfather, my grandmother had the same issues. Sometimes it sounds like this. Yeah, well, it works for them, but it's never worked for me. Do you know what I'm talking about? We can say those types of statements over our lives and over our situations, or we can look at those lame areas and say, get up and walk. Big difference. Get up and walk. Get up and walk. There's no debating what Peter meant. That's not, that's not open for definition. We can't reconstruct what Peter meant. It wasn't some ambiguous statement. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. Get up and walk. What are you speaking over the lame areas in your life? Why don't you echo what Peter did? Get up and walk. It's a story that Bryn shared in a message not too long ago. And it's a story, some of you will probably remember it. He shared about Thomas Edison. And we, we know that Thomas Edison was a famous American inventor. We know we're grateful to him because he's the one that, that invented the light bulb. Where would we be without that? Um, and and, and it, his story is very similar. Is that um, one, uh, he actually, as a young boy, he was actually mentally delayed. He was mentally deficient. I know that's hard for us to wrap our, our minds around. But he was, he was, he was, he was slightly deficient um, mentally. And the story goes that his teacher actually sent home a letter to his mother. And, and he told, the teacher told Thomas, when you get home, I want you to give this letter to your mother and ask her to read it. And he couldn't read at this point, so he eagerly ran home. He took the letter that was given to him by his teacher and he handed it to his mother and, and, and said, my teacher gave this for you to read. And so his mother opened up the letter and the letter said this. It says, your son is mentally deficient. We cannot let him attend our school anymore. He is expelled. Pretty harsh from your third grade teacher, <laughs> all right? So Thomas Edison's mo mother reads this but would not repeat it the way it was written to Thomas Edison. Instead, she read it to her son like this. Dear Mrs. Edison, your son is a genius this school is too small for him. Please teach him yourself. That's what she read to her son, which is exactly what she did. She began to teach and to train her son, and we know that that's exactly what Thomas Edison became, an absolute genius. Like, like there's no denying it. But as you read the story, you recognize that many years later, Thomas Edison's mother passes away, 
He never actually read that letter. He never had seen it before, but he was going through her things and he actually came across the letter and he read it for himself the way it was truly written. And then he took time and he wrote in his journal and in Thomas Edison's journal writes this. Thomas Edison was a mentally deficient child whose mother turned him into the genius of the, genius of the century by her words. I'm here to tell you today what you say and what you declare and what you speak over your life. It matters. It matters. And sometimes we have to make the decision. I'm not going to speak what I see. It's easy to look at situations and what's going on around in our lives. It's easy to say, I'll just, uh, you know, that's what I see. I see what I say. But I I, want to caution you today. There's going to be many times that what you see doesn't look like what he said. And what we have to do is make the decision that when what we see doesn't look like what he said, I'm going to go with what he said. Because if what we see doesn't look like what God said, I'm confident God's not done. Like he still has more to do. I had to do this with my own kids. I had to do this, especially with my, my oldest son, my early years of parenting and trying to figure out how to be a parent. And there were seasons, and there are seasons in, in, our, in every parent's existence. There are seasons when, you, when you're raising kids and it doesn't go well. Like you don't even know what to do, how to, how to respond. And, and there's times when, when you're looking at your kids and what you see doesn't look like what God said. Are you, are you with me today? And I, had I limited my view of, of, of their future to what I was looking at with my natural eyes, it would have been very discouraging. And there were times when I was discouraged as a parent, but I remember God speaking to me and saying, Adam, I don't want you to speak what you see. I don't want you to speak that over your child. I want you to speak what I see. And God began to show me Psalm, uh, Psalm 1. Your sons will be the fruition of Psalms 1. What does Psalm 1 say? Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful, but his delights are on the law of the Lord. And and in his law, he meditates day and night. He's going to be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season, whose leaf will not wither. And whatever he does, shall prosper and today my active years of parenting have kind of come to a close but what does my son look like well he looks like a pretty good representation of that psalm why because the words that you're speaking will give you a harvest so what are you sowing as I sow seeds into his future I run into a harvest of my words and so I choose to echo the words of Peter get up and walk somebody say amen get up and walk the last, the last statement I want to look at you, with you this morning is the statement that Peter made, and he said this. He asked the question to the entire crowd. He says, what is so surprising about this? Why'd you choose that word, Adam? It just seems, seems kind of weird. Like, the reason I chose that statement is because it's a crazy statement. It's an insane statement. A lot of times we read over scripture and we just kind of gloss over things. How could he say this? How could Peter say to an entire crowd of people who are astounded? Because think what's going on when Peter said this. 
This lame man from birth, he's never walked and everyone knows it. Everyone has seen this guy at the gate called Beautiful every single day. This guy that was lame from birth is now walking, leaping, and praising God. And Peter is not surprised. And he's wondering why, no one, why everyone else is. He's asking in a crowd of people as a layman from birth is jumping around, walking, leaping, and praising God. He's asking everybody, why are you surprised? I don't know about you, but if I was there, I'd have been surprised. Would you have been surprised? Anybody else be surprised besides me? I would have been totally shocked. I'd have been like, oh my gosh, did you see that? I'd be going telling, I'd be texting people, taking pictures, posting it. I'd be doing, this is crazy, amazing. And Peter says, What's up with you guys? Why are you so surprised by this? I just think that's an amazing statement. And I began to think, why, why isn't Peter surprised? Why isn't Peter surprised? Well, Peter's not surprised. And the reason he's not surprised is because he knows his God. He knows his God and he knows what Jesus is capable of. And you say, well, how do you know that? Because G- Peter, Peter says, what's so surprising about this? And then he goes on a rant explaining who God is. He begins to define who God is, that he's alive, that he rose from the dead. This Jesus, whom you crucified, has risen. He's the one who did this. And I'm not surprised. But see what the world will do to all of us. And I want you to grab a hold of this today. The world will try to turn you into a Christian atheist. The world will try to make you become a person that believes in God, but you just don't know what he's capable of. I mean, you believe in God, you're going to heaven. Like you're going to heaven because you love God. You, you believe God, you're going to heaven, you're just going to heaven lame. You're just going there lame. And I wanna tell you something, that, that, that doesn't have to be the case. You don't have to go to heaven lame. The, what does the Bible tells us? The Bible tells us in Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe that he is. Who is he? Who is he then? Like, like without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe he is. Well, who is he? Who is God? This, the spirit of the world would try to, 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 to dumb God down, try to, try to reduce God. But let me tell you something. It's not enough just to say, well, I believe in God. It's not enough just to say, well, I'm a Christian. It's not enough just to, just to listen, if you understand who he is, everything shifts. Listen, if you want, when you understand who God is and what he's capable of, everything in your life changes. And so, so what is so surprising about this is what Peter's asking this entire crowd. What is so surprising about this? This lame man from birth is walking. What is so surprising about this? The God who did that is the same God that put a baby in the womb of, of barren Sarah. 
The same God that causes lame men to walk is the same God who parted the Red Sea so a million Israelites could cross on dry ground. It's the same God that made the sun stand still for Joshua so the battle could be won. It's the same God that brought down the walls of Jericho with nothing more than just a shout. It's the God who delivered Daniel from the mouths of the lion in the lion's den. It's the God who stood with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the midst of a fiery furnace. It's the God who raised Lazarus from the dead after being in a tomb for four days. It's the God who brought back Jairus' daughter. It's the God who brought back a widow's son. It's the God who delivered a tormented man in the graveyard filled with a legion of demons who all of society had given up on and no one thought could be helped. It's the God who set that man in his right man, right mind and totally whole. It's the God who pierced the heart of a religious zealot by the name of Saul who was murdering Christians and transformed him into the one, of, one of the most powerful men of God, Christian leaders the world has ever seen. It's the same God who sent his perfect son, Jesus. This same Jesus who defeated sin, who defeated death, who rose from the dead and is coming back as he promised. And when he comes back, he's going to be looking for something. What's he going to be looking for? People of faith. What is so surprising about this? See, it shouldn't surprise you when you see God do tremendous things. Why? Because he's done it over and over and over and over again. It shouldn't surprise you when you see someone's marriage restored. What it should do is cause you to think, if God did it in them, he can do it in me. Miracles are a possibility. Look at us. Get up and walk. So I want you just for a moment, some of you are really excited because the band's up here and that means I'm almost done. <laughs> It's actually a really important time for you. See, I think a lot of us, I think, I think all of us actually, all of us have lame areas in our lives, spots, places in our existence where we're stuck. It's a, it's a picture of this lame man at the gate. We're just on the outside looking in. It's where this man had been his entire existence. And, and for some of you, there's an area in your life where you've just kind of been there your entire existence. And, and it's almost you've gotten to the point where you feel like nothing, that you, that'll never change. That I'll always have this problem. I'll always struggle with this temptation. I'll always have this addiction. I'll always, I'll always have a marriage that isn't quite what I see in others. I'll always have relationship problems. I'll, I'll, I'll never be able to trust. I'll never be able to get ahead fine. And we all have these different areas where we're a picture of the lame man stuck at the gate on the outside looking in. But I want to ask you, what would happen if you would receive the word from the Lord today? What, what, would, what would happen if you received the gift of faith that God has put inside of your life? What if you would believe like Peter and John did for something radical? See, I think Peter and John showed us what we're to do with our faith. See, I think 
What we've done is we've kind of reduced faith to looking like coming to church on Sunday and singing some songs and, and, and maybe wearing a, one of our, getting a Together Together t-shirt and sporting the Elevate merch and, and lifting our hands and you know, giving our offerings and bringing our tithe. And we've kind of just reduced, reduced what faith looks like to those things. And all those things are fine. I think those are all, all kind of aspects of, of or fruit of faith. But, but what if in, instead of just the external things that we do to exercise faith, what if instead we would, we would be like Peter and John and believe for something radical? Because I think Peter and John showed us what to do. We shift things in our lives and we shift things in society. We shift things in, in our family when we begin to speak and receive faith in our life. What is walking? leaping and praising God look like in the areas of your life where you're stuck? See, that's the question I want you to ask yourself today. In the areas where you're on the outside looking in, the areas where you feel like I'm not ever going to quite get to that spot, what does walking, leaping, and praising God look like in those areas? Because if that's what you want to experience, if walking, leaping, praising God is what you want to experience in every area of your life, then I think Peter and John show us how to accomplish that. The first thing we, do, first thing we see is look at us. Find a reflection in someone else of what God can do in your life. Because if God did it for them, he can do it for you. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, do what I do and I'll lead you, I'll help you get to the place you need to be. Don't stay here any longer. Don't stay stuck any longer. Being jealous of other, envious of what other have and don't, st don't stay stuck because of those things. Instead, allow those people, that, that reflection, that picture that God's trying to give you, allow that to be uh, an inspiration to you that if it can happen for them, it can happen for me. Look at us. The second thing we learn from Peter is the power of his words. He says, to a situation that seemed impossible, to a situation, it was actually crazy. What would give Peter the audacity to say to this lame man from birth, get up and walk? But what Peter was showing us, the example we see from this, is that Peter understood the power of faith that is spoken and received. It's spoken and received. So what are you speaking over the lame areas in your life? What are you saying about, are you agreeing with your past failures? Are you agreeing with your shortcomings and your mistakes? Are you making excuses or speaking death to your circumstances or death over your family and relationships or your finances? Or are you in alignment with the Spirit of God? Are you allowing what God sees to become what you say? Are you repeating the words of God or are you repeating the, the words of the spirit of this world? He's saying to you, he's saying to your situation, he's saying to that area in your life, he's saying, get up and walk. Can you receive that word? Can you speak that over yourself today? And the last thing that we can learn from Peter is he said this, he says, why are you so surprised about this? You see, we gotta get to the point in our lives where we know God so well 
that we understand God so well that I'm not surprised by anything God can do. That I'm not surprised that by anything God can do because the Word of God is full of these beautiful, amazing stories. Stories that are not just simple, but stories that are radical. Radical miracles that, 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 that are so unbelievable and we can just kind of like, you know, kind of put it back in our minds. Well, yeah, that's something historical that happened back then. No, no, no. God gave us those amazing stories and amazing miracles for us to use and cite precedent for our areas in our lives. Those miracles are meant for you to say, God, you did it then. I read about your greatness then. I've seen your faithfulness then. God, and I, I'm citing that as precedent for my current situation right now. I'm not surprised by what you can do, and I'm actually believing for more. I believe that all things are possible to him who believes. I believe that you're gonna do exceedingly, abundantly, more than I could ever ask or imagine. According to Jesus, I believe you can, and I'm not surprised that you will. Am I surprised by this? this? No. And the reason is, is because I know him. I know him. And I know what he's capable of. I know what he's capable of. I'm talking to somebody in this room today. I hope I'm talking to you. I hope I'm talking to you. I hope I'm talking to your current state. I hope I'm talking to the spot in your life where you've been lame, where you've been stuck, where you're just hitting the ceiling. It seems like I'll never be able to get beyond this. No, no, don't say that. Do not say, do not say. God, we thank you for your word today. Come on, we just pray right here in this, in this moment. God, we're thankful for your word today. It's living and active. It's not a storybook. It's not fairy tales. Lord, these accounts that we read about actually happened. Lord, help us to believe for that today. Lord, just as all of, all of society was astounded by this lame man who'd never walked before, God, as they were astounded, as this man began to walk and then leap and then praise God, I pray in Jesus' name that we could believe for that right now. If you can believe for that right now, come on, stand to your feet. I want to believe for that right now. Lord, that area where I'm lame, that area that I'm stuck, Lord, I don't want to believe and just try to stay and be sustained for another day in that current condition but instead I want to live in the freedom I want to live in the prosperity I want to live in wholeness Lord I don't want to be plagued by this by this circumstance I don't want to be plagued by this situation I don't want to be plagued by by this thought process Lord any longer this mindset I don't, I don't want to believe that it will always be this way I don't want to believe that things could never change I don't want to believe that this runs in my family God I want to thank you Lord that it ran in my family and then it ran into me I want to thank you Lord that I don't have to walk in that any longer Lord that I can I can experience life that is truly life that I can experience freedom that is truly free God that I can experience all that you have for me I don't want to be a Christian atheist I don't want to just be a believer that goes to heaven lame I want to go to heaven walking leaping and praising God for everything you've done for everything you'll do for everything that's possible God I pray that I'd be a person of faith. Lord, that when you return, you would find me full of faith, declaring and speaking and shouting your promises. Come on, sing it with us this morning. I'll witness your faith. 
because I was born a Christian. I'm a Christian because I believe Jesus is who God said he is. All over this room, just for a moment, I want to give an opportunity for anyone in this room that doesn't have a personal relationship with the living God. I want to give an opportunity for you today to invite the Lord Jesus into your life. I'm telling you what, there is nothing greater than having the Spirit of the Lord on the inside. Where, where a relationship goes from just a head knowledge of what you've always known and what you've grown to believe, and it goes from here and goes about 18 inches down into your heart. Yeah, I, I know many of you have heard me share my own personal testimony. I grew up in church. My parents were the pastors. I could put on a good show in being a Christian. Like, I, I, I had it down. I knew, I knew, I was involved in everything. I served in different areas of the church. I knew the songs. I knew the songs so well that I was the song flipper. We had transparencies back in the day. And I would, I would, I would move the lyrics up so everybody knew what to sing when. I was, that was me. I'd lift my hands, all that. But I never had a real relationship. I never had an encounter with God. And that, would, that, that was the reason that, that I'd be living for God one week and, and cussing like a sailor at school the next day. Like that, that's, that was me. Until one day, what I believed about God went from here to here. Where I wasn't gonna live for God with my head, I was gonna serve him from my heart. And I'm telling you, the day I invited Jesus inside, I said, God, not me anymore, not what I want. 
not what I want to do, not what I want to become. I want to be who you want me to be. I want to become who you want me to become. That day, I met Jesus, and it was intense because I felt my heart open up, and I felt the Spirit of God come inside. And from that moment on, I've never been the same. Everything about my life changed. Everything about my, that's why I'm never surprised when someone gives their life to Christ and, and they're, they're crying and they don't understand why. And they're, they're, the reason is, is because I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. I've witnessed it in my own life. And what God's done in my life, he can do in your life. So maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I want, I want to experience a relationship with God, not a head knowledge, but I want to experience a heart transformation. God can do that for you today. Today's a day of salvation. Salvation isn't a head thing, it's a heart thing. And say, if you're here today, say, I want to give my life to Jesus and make a decision to serve him from my heart. If that's you, just lift your hand all over this room. I'd love to pray with you. Is there anyone like that today? All over here? I, I see that hand. Come on, anybody else? You'd say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. All over this room, you'd say, that's me. Right there, I see that hand. God bless you, man. God's going to touch you today. He's gonna touch you today in a way you've never felt before. You've been to church before, but nothing like this. Anyone else, you say, that's me. I wanna give my life to Jesus. All over this room, come on. Don't be, don't be shy, I know it's hard. But you say, I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna live for him. Anyone else, all over this room, you join this one honest person, you say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Anyone at all, amen. Come on up here, I wanna pray with you. Come on up here. That's a bad dude right here. That's a bad, that's a bad dude. This is Joseph. Joseph, the best, best decision you could ever make. And I saw you at the, the following Jesus uh, Bible study with Rich on Friday night. And God's doing some of you were at church last Sunday. God's doing something. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna seal it right here. It's the best decision you could ever make, man. Old things pass away, all things become new. Amen, amen. I want you to repeat this prayer after, after me. Just, just from your mouth, out of your mouth, but from your heart, all right? Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and shed your blood for me to cover my sin and make me pure. I invite you into my life. I ask you to change it. I make a decision today. From this day forward, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to place myself under your care and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I pray for Joseph right now. Thank you for this decision right now. Thank you for it. I pray, Lord, that this would just be the beginning of a lifelong journey, Lord, of discovering who you are, discovering your goodness, your mercy, your grace, and your faithfulness. Lord, I pray for the miraculous God to follow Joseph's life from this day forward. I'm praying that his heart, Lord God, that you've now entered, I'm praying that his heart would be set on fire for you. God, that he would pursue you with everything he has. Lord, I pray you'd show him the joy and the freedom of living for you. We thank you for this miracle today. I thank you today that Joseph's name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I thank you today that his eternity is secure. I thank you today that he's, he's living for you, God. Fill him today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everyone said, amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. Come on. Give, give, give the Lord a big round of applause. He saves and I've witnessed it. Come on. 
He saves. And how many? How many saves today? Come on, how many saves? And you've witnessed it. Come on. God, we thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray over any lame area that we're allowing to go uncontested. We're praying for any area that we're stuck, that we've just gotten satisfied being stuck. Lord, we, we're going to contest those areas, and we're going we're gonna to expect nothing less than walking and leaping and praising God. I expect nothing less in this church than walking and leaping and praising God. You've done it before, and you'll do it again. Come on. How many believe that in this room? Come on. You save, and I've witnessed it. You're good, and I've witnessed it. Let's sing it one more time. Come on. Oh, come on. Lift it up. As you go from this place, let's go encouraged. Let's go knowing that God can do the same thing in us that what he's done in those around us. When we look, at it, when we look around, we just see the amazing hand of God. We love you today. God bless you. Thanks for joining in with us today. And we'll see you again very, very soon. God bless you.